0: Welcome and thank you for tuning in for our fifth module of our Money Coaching Certification Program at Good Vibe Coach Academy. Today we are talking about the difference makers in your money coaching with clients. We've got a handful of things that we just want to put a spotlight on to help make a powerful Impact in the coaching that you're doing with your clients, Lisa. Do you have anything you want to add about that before we dive in?
1: Um, there might be some repeat. You're going to hear some things we've talked about in some of the previous modules, but I think some of these things are worth giving a quick second spotlight to. Um, and these are things that I—I I mean, I hate to say that they're second considerations, but they—they they are things. That we should probably have as primary considerations, even before we really start trying to navigate which tools what we're going to use with our clients. Uh, so maybe we should have swapped these models. But yeah, these things can make a massive difference, if not the difference, in terms of whether or not your client is going to feel success with their money manifesting.
0: You know what? So let's Lisa, jump right I wanna... into it. I want to cover these in order of importance. <laughs> you're going like, to screw with the list. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to mess with the list because we don't have listed first the one that I think is most important, and that is to identify, help a client identify their true desire. A lot of clients, even those who can quote this wisdom, will still think, oh, I'm getting, I can hear it in my voice, I'm getting a little charge on it, will still say that money is what they really want. Even though they've heard you or Abraham or a bunch of other LOA teachers say that what we really want is, is how we think we'll feel when we have it. I think the important part of helping someone understand this is that it, it will kind of relates to another one that we have on this list, Lisa, which is taking the pressure off of money. When we really think that our well-being is dependent on our financial circumstances, that's a tremendous pressure it's attachment it's a charge on a thing that doesn't make it easier to attract it it actually does the opposite it repels it so if you can help your clients see this differently it can it can shift the vibration in a way that allows it to be easier to draw the money in but also to help them be successful in what they really want whether that's feeling some sort of relief or freedom or security or happiness in their life they can get to focusing on what really matters. And it also helps tremendously with what happens financially.
1: We were just on another call where we were talking about this. I mean, I think I've done it and I've seen clients do it. I know you've seen clients do it where they manifest the money that they wanted, but they still don't feel any different than they did before. And it's, It's reverse logic. I mean, if you can't pay the rent, you might think the only thing that's ever going to cause you to feel relief is, you know, $795 for rent. But you can get that $795 for rent and still feel that same sense of anxiety and panic and what have you. And particularly with money where there can be so much anxiety and so much stress. Just helping a client connect with what it is that they actually desire can turn, that can be a watershed moment and activating, finding as many ways as they can to activate that feeling now or notice where they have what they're looking for already in their lives right now. Um, It's it's a big deal. That true desire, letting money off the hook for what it is you really want to feel is critically important.
0: I remember years ago, when one of my first jobs out of college, one of my coworkers was telling the story of her parents, her mother in particular, who managed the family finances, that when they were young, her mom, there was a certain amount of money that she wanted in the account in order to feel some sort of peace around money, and they never really seemed to have it, and that amount was, I think it was $200. And over time, that amount grew from 200 to 2000 to mm. hear her mom was with $20,000 in cash and still anxious about money. And, you know, she could see it clearly, but her mom didn't understand that you're, her mom wasn't making the connection, that the amount of money doesn't have anything to do with how you feel. If we can help our clients get that, it can save a lot of trouble in their lives, to help yeah. them be much more effective in manifesting what they really want.
1: Yeah. Um. Another one, which I think I I would say would be top of the list, is calling in higher power, um, inviting your clients to call in their higher power. I mean, we could say this in lots of different ways: connecting with source, you know, connecting with your intuition.
0: Um, it's that that also could be an alignment tool as well. You know, if we if that's I don't think okay. we covered that in that module, but but yes, this hello, that connection, that, that's alignment, it's ultimate alignment, and it's what makes the difference. And source
1: or higher power might take you places in a session that you wouldn't normally go. I mean, I would, I would like to say that I, I am like super solid, I do most of the time, I get centered, I connect with source, but every once in a while I do a session on rote, like just kind of don't, blow it off, too busy, too something to really take just a moment or two to feel that connection and to make sure that I'm flowing from a source-centered place in my coaching. And there is a massive difference, I know, in the quality of my sessions, but there's a, there's a massive difference. And we can get busy. We can kind of forget to really take that time or set that intention to connect. But source will take you where you need to go. If you're willing to flow with it, I mean your your clients' higher wisdom will take you where you need to go. if you empower them mm-hmm. to tap into it, I mean, I've had sessions where you know sometimes a session feels a little bit squirrely, and I will stop a session and say let's let's take a couple let's take a minute here. Let's breathe, let's relax. let's tap in." And you can see miracle turnarounds in work because source knows better. But if we're not connecting with that higher power, making an intentional effort or intentional willingness to do it, we can leave a lot of really good stuff on the table.
0: Agreed. And you know what I like about taking the time to help our clients connect to their higher power or get aligned is that that's what's required for them to get clear on their inspired actions. A lot of people who are interested in manifesting money have a tendency towards trying to analyze it or figure it out themselves. Like they try to see how it could happen and then orchestrate that themselves. Bashar talks about it as our physical mind versus our higher mind. But he's talking about that connection to higher power as way more... Um, impactful in being able to guide us to where we want to be, so to help your clients establish that connection as the driving informing source for what to do next, if anything is that's i don 't think there 's a bigger way to make a difference with the client than that
1: and with money coaching particularly, I think that sometimes that is oftentimes it 's the least likely to be a linear straight line like Mm -hmm. inspired action may be very unconventional very surprising very unusual for a client who's working for alignment with more abundance and more money and it is an area like you said where we are trained that you just put one foot in front of the other on this very you know predestined path work harder save more invest better When it might be, you know, go on an unexpected vacation, go for a dog walk, go sit at the coffee shop. I mean, in in this area of money coaching, I think inspired action, training our clients to really be willing and embrace, leaning into things that seem surprising or might not make sense, can make all the difference in the world. You have a really incredible story about that with your your pre-coach work. You want to share that one?
0: I'd like to, but I can't. We're going to have to edit, Lisa, because I was trying to take notes on the intake process and I don't even hear what you I didn't hear what you just said. <laughs> How far are we in? We're so it's probably about 10 minutes in, that we need to get an edit. I can have Annette do it. So I'll say it again.
1: So you have a really powerful story about inspired action when it comes to money from your pre pre coaching work when you found yourself walking out of work to take a lunch break or some sort of a break unexpectedly. Can you share that?
0: Well yes, and it wasn't so much manifesting money as it was manifesting sales which were required for me to keep my job. And it was my first foray into journaling where I wrote about how excited they were, how they found me, how excited they were to hear about my product, what great rapport we had, which was a very different vibration than what I'd been flowing. We were cold calling and reading scripts, trying to get appointments set. It was ridiculous, ridiculous work, ridiculous failure. They basically said, yeah, we're all going to be out of jobs in two weeks if you guys don't turn your numbers around. So I made an entry that activated the vibration of success, asked myself what sounds good next. The answer was not. Pick up the phone. (laughs) I didn't get some sudden inspiration to call a particular company at a particular time. No, the inspiration was go to lunch, go to lunch, which was a huge relief because I'd been eating out of the vending machine since I'd been on the job. I mean, we were that harried. I couldn't even take time for a proper lunch. So to leave the building felt a little um, sacrilegious because everyone was just working their butts off trying to make something happen. I took a break. I enjoyed my lunch. I goofed off, figured nothing to lose here. They basically told us we're already fired. After an hour and a half (laughs) of loitering over my favorite food on an outside table with sharing leftover pita bread with the birds, I asked myself, okay, what sounds good next? And the answer surprised me. It said, go back to work. And it was in the elevator that a guy asked me who I was When i told him who i was he said and he he asked me to elaborate and i told him he said that i must follow him to his desk where it turns out he was looking for exactly what i had to sell Uh, it it was it was supposed to be a six-week process from identifying a prospect to the time you um get the signature on the contract and it was basically happening in a matter of minutes the sort of success that i couldn't have figured out myself being able to tune into that uh, the vibration of what I wanted and then listen for my inner being or inner guidance, whatever you want to call it, saying that that guided me into that success. I couldn't have figured it out myself. Yeah.
1: And allowing clients the space, encouraging them the opportunity to tune into inspired action. It's It's a difference maker.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Another one of my favorite difference makers is notice and appreciate where abundance is already present.
0: Um, this is easy for our clients to get dialed in on
1: not mm-hmm. enough,
0: lack, pressure, stress, and, they, and they, they're just blind to the prosperity and the, the wealth and the abundance already in their life, and we know we get whatever we focus on. So if you can get your clients tuned in to seeing what's working, what's going right, where abundance already lives, even if it's not in their own life, even if they have to look for it in the examples of other people, that will change their vibration. And some of them are resistant to doing that, even those who are aware of how law of attraction works because they feel like if they aren't focused on their problem, they won't solve it. It's not true. You're going to have to help them with that in many cases.
1: It's the... I'm going to stumble over words, but I mean it's it's the trick of orientation, right? Like if you can just get them oriented towards looking at what they want to see. And so often they miss the they miss their own evidence. I mean, I think we talked about this previously. One of the things that I think that a good LOA coach, particularly around money can do, is help them find and celebrate the things that they would normally just skip over because they're so dialed down on what the money problem is. And Mm -hmm. so being able to identify and spot that and not just do it for them, but teach Mm -hmm. them to do it themselves Mm -hmm. can change the whole orientation, the vibrational orientation of what they're experiencing. It's really, really powerful. Mm
0: -hmm. And you might need to keep guiding them back, that might not be like a, a one-time coaching opportunity. That You might need to repeat that one before it takes hold. Okay. Another one that I'd like to cover as a powerful difference maker when we're coaching clients on money is to help them eliminate their energy drainers, whatever they're tolerating, whatever's irritating them, specifically around money. But even in general, anything that's drawing their vibration down, if you can help them cut that loose, it's going to help their vibration raise automatically. And that can come in the form of a wide variety of things. It can be thoughts they're thinking. It can be conversations they're having with others. It can be things they're tolerating in their physical environment. Some clients will feel like that they are stuck, that they can't make any changes until the money comes. But there are lots of things they can do. You might need to help them see that in order to start a a vibrational upgrade before anything changes in their financial situation.
1: I've got a story about oh, that. Um, I had a
0: client fairly
1: recently who was really struggling yes. around some pretty significant money issues and was talking a lot about how, I mean, she had a pretty powerful story about how poverty, like poorness, money problems run in the family. And so we sort of had a brief, not a long conversation about what that looked like. What did what what did that really look like? I think was the question that I asked. And she talked about a handful of things. But one thing that really came up for her was that she had this very powerful memories of, you know, getting in her mom's car when she was a kid and it was just a junker and it barely ran and it was a mess and like hoping that they'd make it to their destination because the car was just falling apart and it was such a mess. And, we, and, and I, as, as an offhanded comment at the end of the session, I usually give homework and in this particular session I didn't have any. And she asked, she's like, what's my homework? And I said, go clean your car. And mm-hmm. she kind of laughed and she said, oh my God, it's such a shit fit. And I was like, no, really, by next week I want you to clean your car. Like go get it detailed if you can, but clean your car. And she emailed me the next day and she said, I cannot believe how good it feels for me to clean my car. It felt amazing. I felt like a million bucks. Like, I I just want to go drive around. My car is so awesome right now. And I don't want to say (laughs) that cleaning the car immediately resulted in the $1,700 check that she got within a couple of days. But I do think that Yeah, that $1,700 check was in her vortex. It was in her vibrational escrow. And that one thing she did, eliminating the toleration of the really messy, crappy, junk-filled car, bumped her enough to get aligned with the $1,700 check. It's
0: amazing how that stuff works.
1: And like you said, a lot of times people will think, I can't eliminate these tolerations because I can't afford to. I don't like where I live. I can't afford a nicer place.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't I hire don't... a housekeeper. I right. can't quit my job. I can't upgrade my wardrobe. I can't afford to divorce my husband.
1: But you can clean your car. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are ways, there are lots and lots of ways that we can eliminate tolerations. That we can help our clients see those ways it can be really powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Another one I want to cover is, and we have talked about this before, how important this is, but I want to reiterate it because it matters. And that's how we see our clients. If we start seeing them or thinking of them as, uh, oh, our client who's um, fending off bankruptcy or our client who's going through a divorce and is getting cleaned out, we want to hold the vision of their successful self because that's hard enough for them to do when they're in the middle of it and one of the things that we can do to help them get a foothold in their improved vibration is to hold that one for them. So don't, don't make the mistake of identifying them or, or seeing them as struggling or broke or in some sort of trouble. You want to see them in the way that they want to be so that they aren't the only ones who are getting a foothold in that energy. And we talked think about I, it before so I don't think we have to elaborate but I I did want to mention it here for this list.
1: Well, and I think I said it before. I I think at times this may be the only thing I get paid for <laughs> is I I mean it may be the thing that I am getting paid for is that I am somebody I am the I am the beacon in the light or beacon of light in the universe that can see it when they can't see it. Yep. And sometimes I mean that's all the universe needs to buy boss of. You know, that somebody sees it. <laughs> and and that can open some energetic cracks in in the multiverse. So this is so critically important and it can be your cue that it's time to let your client go. Mm-hmm. If you've if you've bought into the bad story, then there's you've got some work to do around that.
0: Yeah, and if you can't do it you can't help them. Yeah. That ties in nicely with giving them reasons to believe. Do you want to cover that one, Lisa?
1: And again, these last few are something that we may have talked about a little bit before, but helping them to understand that they are powerful creators. Being able to point out where they've created in the past help them figure out how they did that. Storytelling, I think, is so huge. Like, if, if they don't have it in their own experience or you haven't been able to identify it in their experience, just being able to tell the story of how you did it, a similar situation, something that feels similar, or share a story where somebody else navigated that territory. I mean, I think to some what? degree, storytelling is a place that separates traditional therapy from coaching because therapists mm-hmm. are not supposed to storytell. I story tell. A lot in my the, client session.
0: There are some cultures where this is their main modality for healing—to give a person a new story. That's what the medicine man does. Or, I mean, it's yeah. There's a lot of power in a new story. You know what and, else, though? For I'm go, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, and I mean, it doesn't have to be their story. I mean, right. I I cannot tell you. I have a story about a woman who met her now husband on a playground. And there's like the whole thing about this story. I can't tell you how many clients I have who probably got married off the back of that client
0: story. (laughs) I hear you. I've got a couple of good stories too that really, yeah, they open a door for your client in a way that little else does. But I am a fan also of just, even if the only reason to believe we give them is a reminder of how the system works. And whatever you can quote or share or whatever resources you can pass along to them to help them remember that, that's reason enough to believe that if you can imagine it, you can create it because everything is coming from our focused thought, out from whatever we're paying attention to. That in itself can be a, a reason to believe in something that they might have doubted before. So I think we have one more on the list, which is, well, I see this happen sometimes. We've talked about it before briefly, so we won't go into a lot of detail here, but I've seen coaches get fired because this is what they were doing in their sessions. I've probably done it too, and that's just throwing tools at them. When you just, (laughs) they've, they've probably got a copy of Ask and it is given. They know the 22 processes already or whatever it is, you to just think that the coaching involves giving them different exercises to engage isn't, I mean, it, maybe it'll work, but I, I think you want to make sure that you don't fall into the habit of just sharing one thing that sticks.
1: And I think one of the easiest ways to, to avoid that, which you touched on, I think, in our last call, is to ask them what tools they already engage what they're already using so that you're not pitching stuff they've already tried. I mean, we had on this list, and we're not going to cover it, I don't think, at great lengths, is a good intake process can be a, a difference maker, a deal changer, where you can get familiar with the territory that your clients already traveled in that respect and get a feel for what kind of tools might actually work for them. But, I mean, I've been in that place as a client actually, where I have experienced sort of rapid-fire tool-tossing. And it can be disorienting, it can be confusing, and as much as you feel like your job is to provide them tools, your job may be to help them find their own tools, you know, find their own way out. So sometimes an overabundance of tool-tossing disempowers rather than empowers a client
0: for their own Mm long-term success. Agreed. Um, And you mentioned an intake process. I think this is worth, perhaps this is the last thing on our list to mention here as a difference maker in your coaching success with money clients. But that's how you go about, well, it can involve, it can encompass a variety of things, including who you're attracting to do work with. If you have an intention to draw clients who are primed for success or who are, who are ready to create change, then that will change who you draw in. So being deliberate about who you're calling in and also the way you set your clients up for success by asking them to get focused on what success looks like, you know, to set an intention for this work. That sets you both up for success because instead of your client looking at their problem, now you've helped turn their attention towards what they want to create That can make a difference. Um, And like you mentioned, Lisa, mining their past for manifesting methods that they've had success with can help you when it comes time to give reasons to believe or to assign homework. So, yes, the way your intake process is set up. Also for setting expectations, I think that that's another good place to um, plant the seeds for your clients about what could happen and how things will unfold through this. So is there anything you want to add on that?
1: No, nope, I think that's it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, enjoy those as some final tips for putting a nice touch, a, a polish on your money coaching with your clients. And I think we've got, is it one or two more modules, Lisa?
1: I think we've
0: probably got two
1: two more modules okay, to
0: go. <laughs> It could be. I'm looking at the list. It could be
1: three. You guys could be listening to us for a while, so buckle up.
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Goodbye. Plus.